While you're standing, could we just um, pray over the word this morning and, um, and ask God to just continue to speak, to move, to do, to unlock and unravel and all the things that are happening right now, but that he would internalize in our hearts what he is saying. And so can we just come into agreement on that this morning? Well, Father, we come before you and we thank you, God, for entrusting us to live at such a time like this. Father, we thank you for your steadying word. We thank you, Father, for your voices of truth that speak your word with clarity, with precision, with integrity, Father, for it is by your word that we are living our lives by. We thank you, God, that we are living in the days of seeing the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God. We thank you, Father, that we are seeing your glory cover the earth. We thank you, God, that we are living in the days of seeing, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. And God, we are seeing your church, your body, your bride arise into the fullness of what you sent your son, Jesus, to accomplish. We thank you for it, Father. We ask that you would give us eyes that see and ears that hear what you are speaking to us today. And we thank you, Father, for it. In your mighty name we pray, the mighty name of Jesus and everyone said. Amen, amen. You can be seated this morning. It's so good to be with you in the home of the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> you know, I'm a lifelong fan. All right, that's not entirely true. And I don't want to start out with lying um, because God does not lie and I am not lying either. But you cannot help but catch a little Bengal fever when you drive across the state line. I mean, when I drove in from Tennessee to Kentucky, when I got to Ohio, they were literally putting Bengal shirts on people as you cross the state line. And, uh, and so I am uh, so proud to uh, represent being uh, originally from the Cincinnati area. It's an exciting time. But uh, boy, if you're going to be on the road, get to preach the gospel anywhere on Super Bowl Sunday, this is the place you want to be. Okay. So, um, so praise the Lord. Well, I am, I don't know about you, but I came in fired up, but after just hearing those reports of what's happening around the world, that uh, people are grabbing onto the word of the Lord, and then what Pastor Tim just shared with us this morning, I've got a fire in my belly, and I know that you feel the same, and um, this house um, has always been, but has so greatly led the way and continues to lead the way for believers in speaking to our world in the time that we're in and, uh, and bringing, as Pastor Tim calls it, a prophetic understanding of our times. And I love what we're hearing this morning because we know that that is happening for believers gaining a prophetic understanding about the United States, but it's incredible to see how people of nations all over the world are, are hearing, are being drawn to, are picking up the word of the Lord, and, and as pastor said, in doing something with it. 
and uh, and it's it's powerful how he's leading us. So we know that we are living in a volatile time, but God is doing what he's always done. He's sending his word right into the middle of it. And his word is a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path. I want to just start out this morning by reading a couple of scriptures in First John, in chapter 4, in verse 17. And, and these are familiar portions of scripture to us, but right, rightly so to be reminded of. In First uh, John 4, 17, it says, Herein is our love made perfect or full, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Um, And because it is so, because as he is, so are we in this world. I believe we're living in the generation of the church where we actually start seeing what that looks like. As he is, so are we in this world. And then one chapter over in chapter 5 in verse 4, it says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And so this prophetic word, this prophetic understanding that's coming to us is reminding us, and I I love the, the statement Pastor Tim made, that the shaking is not meant for us. Hello. Anybody else like that part? Particularly, I do. I grabbed onto that. Um, John 16, 33, Jesus said it. I've told you. He said, I told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, there's going to be trouble. He told us days like this were coming. Now, we haven't known days like this for a few generations here in the United States of America. But he told us days like this are coming. But what did he say? Take heart. Take heart, church, for I have overcome the world. And so what I love about Hearing what God is is saying is that he's not just speaking, he is working. That these are not just empty words and cliche phrases and great ideas and things we rally around and get excited about, but God is not just sending his word, he's doing a work. And that's exactly what he's calling us to over the course of these days of change, that he's giving us a word so that we have a word, so that we'll speak a word, so he can do a work. And uh, what an exciting thing to be a part of. He is reminding us, I believe, church, through these words he's given us, that he's never needed the storm to pass in order to work. He's always worked right in the middle of the storm. I I think we have to be careful, you know, as we're watching things play out in these new headline news headlines, you know, to not pray prayers of, oh God, just let things calm down. Oh God, we just let things calm down. Could it just calm down? And God's going, no, no, no. I don't need the storm to pass in order to do what I'm saying that I'm doing. I work right in the middle of the storm. In fact, I'll take the storm and use it and work it for your good. So this is his mode of operation. He is Jesus in the midst of the storm installing peace. 
He is provision for the widow right in the height of her need when the money runs out. He is resurrection life when all hope seems lost. He is still the one that puts the ram in the thicket at just the right moment so the Bengals can pounce and win. But that's not in the scripture. I'm just saying it's right there. All right, that's my last reference, I promise. I don't really promise, but it was too good to pass up. Um, all uh, past, uh, this past week, I have um, just been really unusual for me, uh, woken up earlier in the morning than normal, still dark outside, and it probably started about 10 days back, and, um, and so I, I have just felt the sense in, in waking up that early and just kind of finding a place to pray that led me to just a drawing of extended times of praying in the Spirit and just praying in other tongues. Anybody else sort of felt that sense over the last couple of weeks especially? Yeah, there's hands going up everywhere. And so that really just led to what that looked like was just, you know, finding some time throughout my day. It just really kind of, I've got a, a path in my house that I just walk and pray. I just walk and pray. And so I just found myself doing that. And and it, the more that I have given myself to that, I have found that even a- after I left that time of prayer, as I went about my day, it was almost as if a, a moment here and a moment there, my spirit would just kind of gravitate that way and just pick it back up. Maybe three minutes, you know, making a cup of coffee or in the car and just really holding that place of prayer. And, and it brought some more understanding to me because on about that third or fourth day of waking up early in the morning, I woke up to these words in my spirit that I just heard in my heart, and it was um, to power through. And I knew when I heard the words power through in my spirit that it wasn't the type of powering through like just grin and bear it and just power through it. But that, in essence, what God was saying was, there's a way through this time you're in, and it's by my power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord, that there's a supernatural way to live in a time like this, and he's drawing us or calling us back to it. So as I began to to do that and and give myself to praying in other tongues, of course, it's reminding me of all the scriptures we know about that. Of course, in Jude uh, chapter 1, he said, Beloved, uh, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. And so it was really shortly after um, that day that I heard that word power through, uh, I believe it was on just this past Thursday, I sat down to, to just pray that morning, and the Lord just began to speak some things to my spirit. It was the kind of speaking where I just instinctively grab a notebook and, and just start writing it down. And so I wrote down a, a, about three paragraphs that I, I knew was from the Lord, but I didn't completely understand. It was sort of like having a piece of the puzzle, but you don't know what the puzzle is that you're making. And later that day, I had an appointment, and when I got in the car, I turned on uh, the message from last Sunday and Pastor Tim's word on, at that time, 54 days of change. And so I want to just stand in the um, the jet stream of this proclamation 
that pastor has given that's, as we know, literally going around the world and maybe just fan the flame and, and add that peace that the Lord spoke to my heart. I want to draw your attention to a portion of that word that he gave. And he said this, pay attention, he said. So it was important that we grab hold of that word. Pay attention, great days of change. Um, change will accelerate, and it's imperative what we are saying about it. He went on to say, and I'm just grabbing some pieces here, so you rejoice. Move forward, he said, for in the midst of these perilous times of shaking, my grace shall much more abound. My grace, he said, will much more. Somebody say much more will much more abound. So I want to speak to some of that much more abounding in the middle of a time of shaking. I don't know of how many of you might be aware of this, but I just recently discovered that most of the greatest archaeological finds of the last 40 years have all been discovered on the heels of the greatest storms. Most of the greatest archaeological discoveries especially in the last 40 years, have all come on the heels of the greatest storms. In fact, just this past year, one of the greatest archaeological finds of our generation was made. And it was very interesting because it was a discovery that the top archaeologists and scientists of our time had been searching for for years. And there had been a great amount of money, multi-millions of dollars of money, equipment, satellite imagery had been used in this search for a lost Roman city. And it's the lost city of Neapolis. And the reason that it was such a a search um, was because this was not just a small city. In fact, in the Roman Empire, Neapolis was a massive economical and metropolitan city. And it just has baffled them because there was literally no trace of it left. And so for years, they would use satellite imagery and and discover places and they would look at maps and say, well, we think it's probably here. And so These archaeologists and scientists would move in and they would do these digs and they brought in massive pieces of equipment and spend multi, multi millions of dollars only to come up empty handed and for nothing to be revealed. Again, they would find another spot and say, well, we think by our calculations and our information, this is the spot. And they would direct all of that money and energy and resources only to once again come up empty handed. But this past year, there was this large storm system that hit the coast of Tanzania and West Africa. And as that storm system hit a surge and moved across the coastline, those winds picked up thousands of tons of sand and soil and debris, picked it up and moved it like it was nothing. And when the storm settled, left right there in the coastline were the steps leading into the port of the lost city of Tanzania. 
You see, what they had used, all this money and resource and information and intel to try and make happen, happened in a matter of just minutes right on the heels of this great storm. In fact, these archaeologists went on record as saying, this quote came from Archaeology Magazine, which I know you all subscribe to and asked, asked for it for Christmas. Um, but they said, sometimes it is in the most dramatic changes in the environment that the greatest discoveries are made. Sometimes, they said, it is the greatest, most dramatic changes in the environment that lead to the most electrifying discoveries. I believe that we can see in this picture this prophetic word that has come forth about these days of change, that we are not of those that grin and bear it, but we are to rise up and take hold because there is something of God's grace that is causing the much more to be put in our hands because of it. That only our God can use something that looks like it's chaos and bring about tremendous victory. So I want to say to you, believers, I want to say to you, church, I don't know what it looks like in the landscape of your life right now. I don't know what you have been having to power through or push through. But what I want to say to you this morning is grab hold and personalize these words that are coming forth because God is wanting to use some things that are happening in this chaotic time of change to drop some electrifying discoveries in your lap. And I believe that if we'll internalize this word and grab hold of it for ourselves, that we'll see it hit our lives, that we'll band together more forcefully as the ecclesia and see regional victories, national victories, and international victories, electrifying discoveries dropped in our hands. Hallelujah. He wants to put these things in our hands. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 we know says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. See, the storm doesn't get to work you over. Come on, I said that this kind of change isn't meant to work you over. No, you're being worked over in his hands. You're his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. I want to pick up that word that pastor gave last Sunday. In the midst of the shaking, in these turbulent times, he said, my grace much more abounds. And he went on to describe much more wisdom, much more abundance, much more enablement, much more harvest, much more victory. When he said that, and, and there was more to that portion, but when he said that about much more enablement and much more victory, I immediately, which was kind of odd, but, but a story from the Bible immediately came before me, and it was the story of David and Goliath. But it was a particular moment in that story when David is sent to the front lines of the battlefield, and, and he's there really just delivering goods to his, his brothers, and he hears 
the uh, chanting of Goliath of the opposing army. He hears the taunt, the chant of the taunt in their face, and he asks what is being done. And, and everyone sort of chides him and says, don't you know what kind of time this is? You know, it's a terrible time, and just be quiet. And sure, maybe in his ignorance, but standing in that place, he lifted his hand and said, well, I'll, I'll go, and I'll face that giant. And so I guess, you know, they couldn't get him to shut up. And so they took him uh, to King Saul, who was there. He was set up at the battlefront. And it says that they took him to Saul and they told King Saul that this young man was willing to go and face the chaos and the taunt of the giant. And so they tried to talk him out of it, and he couldn't be talked out of it. And so they began to put Saul's equipment on David. Now, I don't know exactly, you know, how this played out, but I would assume since King Saul is there and it's the battlefront for his nation that his military generals, commanders, strategists are all there with him. And, and if you're a king, you're not the one that gets up and puts equipment. You don't really get up and do anything. And so I would think that these, these generals and commanders were probably the ones, you know, to pick up Saul's equipment and say, well, David, you know, you're the most unlikely person at the most unlikely time to come out ahead in this thing. And so the best that we can do is just try and give you just a, a, a boot camp lesson at your best chance of winning, but you're probably not going to win because the enemies are worse than they've ever been. They're louder than they've ever been. You're more outnumbered than you've ever been, and, and nobody's ever heard of you, frankly. And who do you think you are? But, but we'll just give you the best shot. And so now, you know, I can just imagine that they're just going, okay, you know, sort of a warrior for dummies here. Now, David, listen up. Now, this is a, this is a, a breastplate, and we're going to put this on you, David, and, and this is where this has to stay. And now, now, David, this is a shield. Are you listening, David? Now, this shield, now this giant, this is how he's going to come at you. He's going to see you, and he's going to come at you, and you're going to have to use this shield. Now, now, David, listen, this is a sword. And your best chance, because he's so much bigger than you, this is how you hold this sword. And, and I don't know exactly how it played out, but somewhere in there, on the inside, David's just going, this just doesn't feel right. These, these things that you're trying to give me that are your only known ways for winning, just don't feel right right to me. And yet you're supposed to know more than I know. But I've, I didn't get here on my own. I got here by the leading of the Lord. And somewhere in there, you know, I would think that David probably just knowing that these men had faced things he'd never faced, just maybe somehow said, Gentlemen, with all due respect, I have such regard for what you've done and the battles that you faced and the medals that you wear. But th that day is not this day. And I've seen God put victories in my hands in unusual ways before. And if it's all the same to you, since it's my moment and my life's on the line, I'd rather follow the spirit of the leading of the Lord. 
And so we know the story, you know, that that David set it all down and that he, he went out with the equivalent of a child's toy, a slingshot, and that he grabbed those five stones and he went out into absolute chaos in a moment that looked completely beyond him. And yet when David picked up that stone and put it in that slingshot and let it go and it hit that giant in the head and absolutely annihilated him, I don't believe it was just a stone hitting a giant in the sweet spot in the temple that caused him to fall that day. I believe that it was more than that. I believe that it was change that hit that giant in the head that day because he never saw it coming. He never saw it coming. If David had gone out with that shield and that sword and those old ways for winning and had gone toe-to-toe and tit-for-tat, he would have never had a chance. But David stood out there with something that God had put in his hand and God had compelled that young man and he said, I'm going to teach you out in the field how to win battles in ways that nobody's ever seen them won that way before. I'm going to put a bear in your hands and I'm going to put a lion in your hands and then I'm going to lead you to a pivotal moment when time and destiny are going to meet and I'm going to ask you to follow my ways for winning. And I'm going to put something in your hands and put you in front of something that is taunting so loud and looks so much bigger than you, David. But if you'll follow me, come on, change is going to hit your giant in the face and put a victory in your hands no one ever saw possible. Church, I believe that we must be willing to change to follow God in the change. We must be willing to put down the same old, same old ways we do our lives day in and day out and say, maybe I got to do my evenings a little different during these 54 days of change. Can I just get in your business since he's been getting in mine? Maybe, just maybe, in this critical time, God will lead you to spend your evenings, your mornings a little bit differently. He might be whispering to your heart like he's been whispering to mine. Come on, it's time to power through. This isn't the time for Netflix. This isn't the time for this. This isn't the time for that. This is the time. What did he say? Pay attention. Pay attention. Give me your attention. Why? Because I've got some victories that I want to put in your hands. When I heard Pastor Tim speak that, about victories in enablements, it reminded me of something that I watched take place in the years that I spent ministering in Grenada. And for over 17, 18 years, I took teams. We took teams from this church and uh, ministered in, in many nations. But we did so much work in the island nations of Grenada. And I remember back in 2004, uh, we had just been there. And about a month later, um, Grenada got hit by the biggest storm they had experienced in over two decades. It was a hurricane called uh, Hurricane Ivan. And it was devastating. It, it knocked out their infrastructure. It, it, uh, most of them lost their homes. Government buildings were destroyed. 
and uh, it was just terrible. I remember we were on the phone, and we actually sent relief teams in and just to help them rebuild. But the, the really devastating part was just one year later, Grenada got hit with another storm. And this one was called Hurricane Emily, and it wasn't near as large as Hurricane Ivan, but even though it was smaller, it had a more devastating effect. And the, the reason was because of where the hurricane winds hit. It hit the westward side of the island, and that just happened to be where Grenada's nutmeg and cocoa crops were planted. And most of you probably don't know that Grenada is actually called the Spice Island. It actually is responsible for over 90% of the world's nutmeg spices. And so this is the major source of their economy, and their whole economic structure really runs on those spices. And so where this hurricane hit, it didn't do the structural damage it had done before, but where it hit, it absolutely wiped out all of their nutmeg crops. And they were absolutely devastated. The reason being is that nutmeg crops, from the time they are planted till the time they get back to full production, takes approximately 20 years before they begin to fully produce. So you can see why this was so devastating for them. This wasn't just going to be a bad crop year. They were looking at two decades of economical loss. And, you know, they have whole generations of families that are nutmeg farmers. And so these great-grandparents and, and grandparents and mothers and fathers are, are looking at devastation for them, their children, and possibly their grandchildren. And so we're, we're on the phone with, with the churches and pastors and so many and the government there just talking with them and, and just praying, and they're going, this is just so much at one time. We're just looking at, at devastation. In other words, there's no way anything good could come from this. But there was a group of believers there who just began to get on their face and seek God and power through. And they began to pray and say, God, now we didn't know this was coming, but you saw all this coming. And so God, what do we do about it? And out of this group of believers of uh, these nutmeg farming families, God began to give them ideas and strategies for how to shift in the change and do things a different way. And so they began to clear out these fields and replant, but when they replanted these nutmeg trees, they planted them facing a different way. And they began to plant tree lines to be a wind structure to uh, block their, their crops. And then they also got this idea uh, from this one gentleman there, a part of this group, that to plant certain plants right next to the nutmeg plants that would stabilize the root system but not suck up all of the nutrients. So here they are looking at total devastation for two decades. But once they developed this new way, 
in just six years. They were so productive, their nutmeg crops, that they doubled their former production numbers in just six years. And in that same year, Forbes magazine actually did an article on them. And Forbes magazine was quoted as saying, calling Grenada's nutmeg crop the black gold agricultural crop of the year and said, it appears that Grenada's economy has gotten its second wind. I'm saying that God is wanting to use his much more grace that he's talking about through the course of these days of change to put some victories in our hands that people have said were impossible. That God is wanting to put some things in your hands and he's even using the days of change to position you for new beginnings and new opportunities to open up to put you in a place that you never saw coming. When he speaks of an enablement and a wisdom for what? To walk into greater places of success so that we can show and declare the goodness of God. And so when there's an invitation to partner with heaven and the angel armies over 54 days of change, you better believe I got a fire in my belly about that because I'm ready to see things change in this nation. I'm ready to see things change in this world. I'm ready to see the church take her place, but I'm ready to see some things change that I've got written in my own prayer journals just like you do. I'm ready to see some enablement and some opportunities and some victories that I've been standing and keep on standing to see God do that he's promised that we can step into. And I believe that with the word of the Lord in our mouth, that these days of change will do just that. That we can be like David. Come on, standing there in that field and people go, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, I just... There's just something in me. I just got to set aside time and just speak the word of the Lord. You know what? I'm not settling for this situation in my body anymore. I'm not settling for how my kids are living. I'm not settling for what it looks like. I'm not settling for how it's going down in my company, what it's looking like and sounding like in my schools and the education system. You know what? My town's falling apart. I'm not settling for this anymore. And so there's days of change. I'm not settling for this in my region and in my nation. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. I believe that these days of change, as pastor said, are bringing a great shaking, but to us and for us, that they are a time of great victories, of great enablements and great rewards. In fact, that's what I, I heard it in my heart that Thursday morning, just hours before I got in my car to listen to the word that uh, pastor shared about the days of change. And I was just sitting there spending time with the Lord and I heard this like a, uh, a, a, a 
boom, go off. Um, I remember when I used to live near a military base and when they would move major pieces of equipment and they'd drop it, everybody's houses would shake. And that's how it felt on the inside. And I heard these words that this is the season of rewards. And I believe that that is what God is wanting to do for us, the people of God that will grab hold of this and put his word in our mouth that he's wanting to put some victories and uncommon rewards in our hands. Rewards for standing for truth and righteousness in a time of great moral decay. To put rewards in our hands for staying in peace in the middle of chaotic times. To put rewards in our hands and And that God's really even sort of decorating his saints with medals like they would in the military after battles were won. You know, you would be given a a, a decorated medal for winning in that particular battle. That this is that kind of moment these days of change. And that there are rewards to be given for standing in the face of adversity. For continuing to speak the word of the Lord while things are being shouted all around us that would say the opposite. I believe there's rewards being given for living in a place of purity while vulgarities are plastered in our culture all around us. God's saying, I'm giving my people rewards for walking in holiness in this day. I believe God's giving us rewards for coming through some hard places and some hard seasons. And he's saying, keep your eyes on me, look at me. Because in those times of hard places, you didn't lose focus. You kept the main thing, the main thing, and I'm rewarding you for it. In fact, if you'll look, what I'm doing with those hard places you walked through is I've actually used them to position you and to grab hold because now you're in for the ride of your life. Season of rewards, that's what's in store in the glory of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Rewards coming into our hands for things we've been speaking to for 5, 10, 20, 30 years, some things generations after generations. If this is 54 days of change, I'm saying it's time these giants shall fall. They shall fall. If not now, when? They shall fall. And on the other side of these days, I'll tell you this is what I'm looking for. On the other side of these days of change, that there are rewards that come into our hands for them. God is saying that I'm positioning you through these days of change to boldly to declare, I know exactly where the Spirit of the Lord is taking me. I'm going to know it when I get there. I'm going to know what to say when I get there. And when I stand there, I'm going to see things move out of the way so the kingdom of God can move ahead. In Jesus' mighty name. There's never been a time like this before, and it's not because I say it. I've heard Pastor Tim say it. I've heard Many trusted men and women of God say the same. There's no time like this day. And of all the times that we could be born, 
He planned it for here and now. Well, there's no way that I'm going to walk through a time like this with the one who overcomes living on the inside of me in a grin and bear it position. What did he say? Not grin and bear it. Power through it. Power through it. Power through it by my grace. Power through it using the force of the supernatural. An Italian friend of mine was just telling me, you know, when we taught the supernatural to the Italians in Italy, their, their word for the supernatural or for the power of God is supranatural. And their word for super is just over the natural. The word for supernatural in Italian, you're getting an Italian this morning is over the natural. Power through is to look at what faces you and go over the natural. We go up and we go over it. Not by my strength, but by his strength. And in this season where we are powering through, that's the way I plan doing the next 49 days that are left. I don't know about you. I plan on powering through and standing and seeing these tremendous victories that God has set us up for come right into our hands. Do you believe it this morning? Hallelujah. Can I pray this word over you this morning? Father, we thank you so much, God, that your grace is sufficient. And Lord, the sufficiency of your grace, Father, is a supernatural empowerment for this day. Lord, as your church timed for now, we choose to stand in the fullness of that much more grace that you have given us for this time. Lord, I thank you that you have equipped us and are equipping us on every side for every situation that we face and that in these days of change, Lord, your grace would much more abound in every area of our lives. We declare, Father, the words that you are giving us from the north to the south, from the east to the west. Lord, that victories and unusual victories are coming into our hands. We declare, Father, that new openings, new beginnings, and new possibilities are coming into our hands and that our feet are stepping into them over these next 49 days. We say, Father, that these things that bring change position us for new ways to operate in your anointing and in your kingdom. We say, Father, that whole regions are shifting in these days of change. As Pastor proclaimed, freeing things up. Father, that these spiritual hurricanes would move things out of the way, pick up obstacles, get them out of the way. And reveal things, God, that you've hidden for us for this time. In Jesus' name. We declare, Father, that in these days, that these spiritual hurricanes, God, will give us new ways for winning. That it will unlock God's ways to bring success into our hands. That will make us multiply, multiply, multiply. That productivity, Father will not decrease, but increase. And that it will be, Father, because of what you have done and because we have believed you and because you do not lie. And we stand upon your word and declare 
it is true and that you are true. We say once again, Father, from this place, and we declare it over every region, every state, every nation that is watching today, that it is not by might, that it is not by power, but it is happening by your spirit, says the Lord, and it is happening in this hour, in Jesus' name. If you believe it this morning, would you just stand and say amen and amen, and let's just praise him and thank him for what he's doing right now. God, we thank you. We magnify you. We declare you great. We declare you victorious. We declare you the winner. We declare him the loser. We declare, Father, that these victories, God, that are timed for now are coming about on the right hand, on the left hand, from the north to the south, from the east to the west. Victories won, Father. Victories won. Victories won, Father. Victories won.